Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Total shoulder replacements aren't nearly as common as knee and hip replacements, but they can be an effective treatment option for patients dealing with osteoarthritis, among other conditions, when more conservative treatments fail. Physical therapy would be one of those more conservative treatments, and patients who elect for invasive surgery still benefit from physical therapy, both before and after the procedure. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, we'll talk to Michael Davis, who suffered through shoulder pain for so long that surgery became his only option and to his physical therapist, Julie Mulcahy, who helped Michael regain function and quality of life. Together they provide the patient and PT perspective of physical therapy before and after total shoulder replacement. But they also touch on themes that are universal, like what it takes to be a good physical therapy patient and the importance of addressing movement dysfunctions early on before surgery becomes necessary. Here's our interview with Michael Davis and Julie Mulcahy. Michael, I want to start with you. How long ago did you start to have difficulty with your shoulder? It was probably about 10 to 15 years ago. In the past, I was using heavy weights when I worked out in the gym, which bothered my shoulders, especially when I was bench pressing. Probably not a good thing to do with the arthritis that I have. I realized I couldn't raise my arm above my shoulder, and I had a lot of pain from both shoulders. The pain and lack of movement in my shoulders continued for several years, maybe around 10 years before I sought professional help. And so that pain, were you having it just when you lifted weights, or did you have it when you were just sort of in your everyday life? Certainly early in the process, I felt it when I was doing the weightlifting, but then it became just day-to-day reaching for items in the shelves, and it really became a problem. You mentioned you waited before you got professional help. Was your attitude that, you know, this is just one of those things, I'm getting older, this happens, I'm going to deal with it? What was your thought process? Oh, that was a lot of it. With the arthritis, you certainly get used to a lot of the pain. And I had started taking over-the-counter medication like aspirin and Advil, and that helped for a while. And then the arthritis pain got worse, and my family doctor prescribed Vioxx and then Celebrex. But the pain in my shoulder just continued to get worse. So I did go to the shoulder surgeon at that time, and he recommended replacing the shoulder, but I had never heard of that surgery, and I said no at that time. So at that point, you have this option for surgery to to fix this problem, but I want to back up before that. How bad did things get? How bad is this pain? How much is it interfering with your daily life? Oh, it interfered a lot. Everyday tasks like putting my coat on became more and more difficult to the point where I'd be out with friends and I wouldn't even wear a coat because of the embarrassment. Doing any work around the house above my head just wasn't even possible. It became painful to play golf to the point where I actually thought I'd have to give up the game. And then a big hobby of mine is flying a small plane I own. It was getting to the point where I couldn't do the needed work on the airplane or even fly the airplane because it was difficult to control the throttle with the pain in my right shoulder. You know, the last straw was when I couldn't even fold my hands in front of my body to take a family portrait. I knew it was time then to get this problem uh, pretty much corrected. In hindsight, I certainly realized I waited way too long to have that shoulder surgery. 
So even then, though, you did make the decision at that point that you needed some help. What did you think realistically was possible, though? I'm assuming at that point you at least want to be able to hold your hands in front of your chest. You at least want to be able to lift your arm over your head. But did you still think, gosh, I might still lose golf. I might still lose flying a plane. Well, I certainly wanted to reduce the pain, but it was more important for me to get back to the things in life I really enjoyed doing, like golfing and flying the plane. I thought after the surgery I'd be golfing better than I ever would. I'm on a golf league, and I told my team, hey, I'll be back in about four months. I was pretty sure I would be able to fly the plane again without pain. I honestly think that positive attitude helped me a lot during my recovery. So, Julie, as we're listening to Michael talk, let's back up and look at total shoulder replacement in general. How common is that procedure? They are not as common as a total knee or a total hip replacement. We kind of all maybe know a handful of people who have had either of those joints replaced, which may have been Michael's hesitation in going ahead with the total shoulder replacement. The Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality indicates that 53,000 patients in the U.S. have total shoulder replacements per year in comparison with 900,000 that will undergo a total knee or total hip replacement. So they're definitely much less common. In Michael's case, osteoarthritis was a cause of this. Is that pretty common? Yes, it is the most common cause and reason for undergoing a total shoulder replacement. Since osteoarthritis does affect 20 million people in the United States, it is one of the leading causes of the surgery. There are other reasons as well that can lead to a total shoulder replacement. As Michael mentioned, he waited a long time before he sought treatment. Let's back away from Michael's specific case and talk about, in general, from a physical therapy perspective, if somebody has osteoarthritis of the shoulder before surgery is even put on the table, what are the options? Well, there are options, and Michael was on some different medications to help manage the pain. Physical therapy is always a good option to help maximize the shoulder range of motion, strength, prior to having a surgery consideration and instructing a patient in a home exercise program, some joint protection techniques so that they don't put their shoulder at risk with heavier weight lifting like bench pressing or over-the-head lifting that can put more risk of the shoulder with arthritis, more pain. And then once someone elects to have the surgery, what's the typical physical therapy approach? First of all, is there any kind of prehab that's involved? There is. If a patient has the ability to come in and see a physical therapist before surgery, it's always a great idea. After the surgery, the pain level and the medications, you know, it's hard to take in all the instructions that you need to know after the surgery. So if you're able to speak with the therapist beforehand and learn how to wear the sling, how to do some of the exercises that you'll be asked to do within a few days after surgery, you know, what are some of the expectations and precautions, it's always good to go over all of that before the surgery when you're thinking straighter, you're not in pain, you're not on medications and practice a few of the exercises so you're familiar with them before the surgery. And also, therapy can help get that shoulder in the best possible pre-surgery condition. The stronger the shoulder muscles are and the scapular muscles, the better your posture is, and maximizing that shoulder range of motion going into surgery will definitely help the post-op outcome. And so those exercises that you mentioned, what's the range? What might those look like? Well, the exercises that we would teach the patient after surgery, they're doing some passive range of motion in the very beginning, and we really have to educate the patient in the first six weeks after a total shoulder replacement that they want to just let the therapist do the moving. They're going to be in the sling most of the time. They'll come to therapy, and we'll move the shoulder for them. We don't want any active movement, which will contract the shoulder muscles within the first six weeks. So we instruct them in how to do pendulum exercises, which is a passive movement, how to wear the sling, how to get dressed, 
how to use ice and how to elevate the shoulder safely to reduce the swelling that they will have postoperatively. And then after those first six weeks? Then they can begin doing active range of motion and active assisted movement. The active assisted movement will occur first, and we show them how to use pulleys, how to do wand shoulder exercises. So they have a device assisting them using the good shoulder to put the shoulder through its different ranges of motion so the shoulder doesn't get stiff. So, Michael, you went into surgery thinking you were going to have a very positive outcome. Take me back when you're done with surgery, you're beginning physical therapy. How difficult was that, and how did it compare to your expectations? Well, I tell you, listening to Julie, I wish I had gone to physical therapy long before I had the surgery. You know, let me say, I was pretty scared going into that surgery. I had looked at the surgery online and thought there would be much more pain than there was. Just like Julie said, I was under doctor's orders not to move my arm or shoulder the first six weeks. I didn't see any improvement during that time. The therapist moved my arm in controlled ways to prevent stiffness. But when I could move my arm, they provided me with exercises that rapidly improved my shoulder mobility to the point I hadn't seen in years. It's amazing how fast I saw a result that made me feel good about the surgery. You know, I was going about three times a week and saw steady improvement each week. And about three months after the surgery, I was able to start swinging that golf club and was able to rejoin my golf team right on schedule that I told them. And uh, with my doctor's approval, I can now fly that airplane, which gives me a lot of fun. And, you know, the best thing of all, recently I started swimming again. I haven't been able to do that in years. So whether it was golf, whether it was getting back in the pool, you know, what does that mean emotionally to you to be able to do those things again? Oh, it means everything to me, just being able to enjoy life again. And that's the real reason I got the surgery is my quality of life was deteriorating to the point where the pain really had become a problem. Getting the surgery really has put my life back on track and enjoyable again. Julie, Michael's a patient who was nervous about the surgery but also had a positive prognosis, or at least he was very hopeful about the end result. How important is a patient's mindset when it comes to physical therapy and, and moving past the surgery and really beginning, in some respects, the rehabilitation process post-surgery? Their mindset is very important in the rehab process. The fact that Michael always had a positive attitude, he was always willing to do whatever we asked, and he was very compliant with all his home instructions. That makes the progress that a patient will make go much quicker and allows their outcomes to be much better as well. He mentioned he had pretty quick results. Typically, you know, is he an average patient? Did he have results faster than normal? What could a typical patient expect? He was fairly typical. After surgery, although he is on the younger side for a total shoulder replacement, generally the ages are between 60 and 80, so he was a little bit on the younger side, and he did recover very quickly. He's also a very physically active person, which always helps, too. Typically, after the surgery, they are hospitalized for one to three days and then discharged home, and outpatient therapy will usually start three to five days after surgery. Sometimes a patient may even go to a short-term rehab if they don't have any assistance or help at home because they have to do all activities of daily living with one arm because they may not use the surgery arm at all for the next six weeks. So if they do go home, they will start outpatient therapy within three to five days. And oftentimes they're very surprised when they come in, like, are you sure it's okay for me to do therapy? I'm in a lot of pain. I can't sleep. All these medications. And a lot of the first session is reassuring them that, yes, we need to move the shoulder. We don't want it to get stiff. In order to maximize your post-op recovery, we need to get the shoulder moving as soon as possible in a passive way, again, not actively. 
So a lot of our first session is education and that it's safe to move it, to reassure them that what they're experiencing is normal, to instruct them on ice elevation to keep that swelling down because that swelling can get pretty bad if you're not elevating and icing all day long in those first few weeks. And also explaining to them, just reiterating what active range of motion means and what passive range of motion means so that they don't do anything that could hurt that fresh surgical procedure. And we teach them how to get dressed, how to position themselves so that they can sleep more comfortably because that's usually the most difficult thing is they can't get comfortable when they're sleeping and they're only getting one to three hours of sleep max those first few nights. Sounds like that first obstacle is belief, you know, that arm's okay, I can do that. What are the other typical obstacles people hit? Is it, you know, getting the arm above their head? Is it the ability to lift something heavy? What are the typical kind of points that somebody has to fight to clear in this recovery process? Well, probably the first one is just to find a way for them to get comfortable so that they can sleep. So we use a lot of joint positioning, pillows, instructing them. Sometimes the recliner is a little more comfortable because when they start getting those first few nights of sleep, their personality transforms. They're starting to feel more like themselves again. The next kind of major milestone is at that six-week mark when they're no longer passive range of motion, but they can actually move their arm in active-assisted ways on their own, and they can follow through with those exercises at home. This is when they can actually take part in a little bit more exercise at home and when they start to see the progress that now I can raise to 90 degrees with the help of the pulleys or the wands. And kind of the next major milestone would be when they can then move their arm from zero to 90 degrees completely unassisted. And from there, the progress just keeps on going and they're able to raise their arm overhead. And then when they can do that, we start beginning to do some strengthening to the shoulder, more along the 12-week mark after surgery. Michael mentioned what it meant to him to be able to swing a golf club again. When you're working with patients who have had so much pain, you know, you mentioned that probably before the surgery as well, couldn't sleep through the night, couldn't do simple tasks. What does it mean to you and what does it feel like when they have those breakthroughs and they feel their life getting back to what it used to be? That is what I love about my job, that I see these patients postoperatively, and they think that they're never going to be the way that they were. And I always reassure them, what you're feeling is normal. You know, sometimes I'll even give them examples. I just had a patient finish. They've returned to golf. They were in a similar situation as you. Just to get them to believe that you'll get through these next few weeks and you'll be amazed at what you can do. And then actually seeing them swing that club, because we do work on that in therapy when they get to the 10 to 12-week mark. We have a golf trainer. It's sort of a shortened golf club, and they kind of will start just swinging it. Then we'll do half swings. And when they do that first swing, just the look on their face makes the past six to eight weeks just totally worth it. So, Michael, you went through this experience where you were slow to begin getting treatment for something that was obviously causing you problems to then becoming essentially something of a physical therapy regular. So give me a quick overview of what happened since you recovered from your shoulder problems. Well, back at home, I set up many of the same exercises that Julie and the team there had shown me at the physical therapy location. I've got pulleys hanging from my ceiling. I've got bands going from doorknobs. But I tell you, getting me started on that physical therapy and keeping the motion in my shoulder has been really important to me. Unfortunately, I also needed another surgery. I had a pinched nerve in my neck, and it caused pain and tingle in my left shoulder. And so I did see the surgeon again. And he sent me to physical therapy, and we evaluated it together, and they determined I needed a cervical fusion this time to correct the problem. That tingling in the nerve got so bad I couldn't even sit at a desk for any length of time or 
work on a laptop. So this time I didn't hesitate. I had the surgery, and uh, the surgery worked out well, and that tingle in my left shoulder is gone. So from somebody who's been through the physical therapy experience, you know, what advice would you give to someone who needed physical therapy for anything, whether it was their shoulder, their neck, or anything? What advice would you give them? Well, I certainly wish I had done this surgery and physical therapy sooner in the pain process. The arthritis, in my case, had damaged the joint to the point where it wasn't going to get better by itself. I believe the physical therapy was a key factor in my quick and full return to the life I enjoyed before the problem. And I continue, like I said, to do that physical therapy exercises at home today. You know, the key lesson I learned was work hard at physical therapy. It's worth it. So, Julie, Michael, in his specific case, that osteoarthritis was part of the problem. It led to surgery before physical therapy. For somebody who may have early symptoms of osteoarthritis in their shoulder, what are those symptoms? What are the signs? If Michael had to do it over again, how could he have spotted this sooner? Well, some typical signs of osteoarthritis as far as the shoulder goes will be just shoulder pain. And the pain can be worse in the morning. It also can be accompanied with stiffness. And it'll start progressively getting worse. And days where you have maybe lifted a lot overhead, that can also make it worse. It's kind of known as the wear and tear arthritis. Looking back to maybe jobs that you had or sports that you played, if it was a lot of right upper extremity or right shoulder use during that, then that's a sign that it could definitely also be osteoarthritis. And keeping the joint moving with arthritis is key. But if you've tried everything on your own, you've tried stretching, you've done exercises, and the pain persists, and you are losing motion, that's when it's time to stop and see the physical therapist and your physician to see if there's some other things you can do to help the shoulder. Well, in reading between the lines there, is one of the other warning signs when the pain gets to the point that you don't want to move your shoulder anymore? Exactly. And when you don't move the arm, unfortunately, it's use it or lose it with arthritis. If you can't move through those ranges because of pain, your joint begins to stiffen, and now you can no longer move it through that range. And that's just this painful cycle that just keeps getting worse and worse to the point where Michael had said he couldn't even reach into a cupboard for a glass any longer because the pain and stiffness had gotten so bad. So you watch Michael get better. Let's close out with this. What could other physical therapy patients learn from the way Michael went through his experience? I think they could learn is that following through with the physical therapy exercises and the physical therapist's recommendation definitely will help your recovery. And just his positive attitude. From day one, he knew he was going to get better. Every day came in with a smile on his face, even the first few weeks. He had a smile on his face. He was ready to go. What do you need from me? Tell me what I need to do because I want to get better and I want to get back to the things I love doing. And then watching that whole process unfold over the next few months was a great experience for me. It's a terrific story. Michael Davis, Julie Mulcahy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.